My guest today is a Brooklyn drag queen, activist, and musician that's been making waves in the drag scene for the last few years. You've seen her at Bushwig, the Rosemont, and at the Vault, and read about her on Dazed. Happy to have with me the lovely Crystal Mesh. Hello. Hi. So let's start from the beginning. Yes. <laughs> you grew up in Pinehurst, North Carolina, which you've described as a boring golf town. Yeah. If that's the case, how and when were you first exposed to drag? I was exposed to drag, I'd say for the first time, um, at college at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, yes. So we would always go to the bar in Raleigh um, called Legends, and there were always shows there. Okay. Yeah. Legends still around. Legends is still around, and it's iconic. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and then, when did you get about first performing? And then, um, what came most naturally to you when you first started? So, well, I went to school for theater, so I was um, a dramatic arts nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, when I moved to New York City, I didn't, I didn't know that drag was where I was meant to be. I mean, I should have. I've always been a queen, to be honest. Um, But I would say that when I first started going to Bushwig, what I remember seeing was a a need for original material. And I was like, I can do that. And then what really sparked it and made me have to do it was the Pulse Massacre. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it really occurred to me that I could just be killed whenever um, anybody felt like it just for being gay. So I was like, I need to perform and I need to be as queer as possible um, in my performance. So I was like, let's do drag. Cool. Yeah. And then what would you say came most naturally to you? Oh, what came most naturally to me? Um, Just being a ham. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like, as it says in my cabana, I love to entertain. I enjoy making people happy. I enjoy making people laugh. And I love the shared experience uh, with an audience. And on the other side of the coin, what did you most struggle with initially? Makeup. Okay. Yeah, it does not come... I'm not a visual artist. Um, I'm much more performance. I'm much more of an absurdist. So like actually trying to like draw this beautiful face on my face in the beginning it's it's taken me a lot of time to actually find where I want my face to be and I think I'm still discovering it but you know it's a process has there been anyone or anything in particular that's been helpful for you to figure out makeup oh god a lot of people I mean in the very beginning the community really comes together if they see that you've got talent they're going to be like okay so this is what you need to do Um, like Mary Cherry was like shave your beard Um, Erica Clash was like you need to shade that jaw your lips are too round this that the other like the they come together for you and they like and I do this to the kids these days Um, if I see someone who I'm like this is this is what you need to change to make it but, I mean, it's all up to interpretation. Gotcha. Do you have anyone you consider a drag mother or father? And if so, how would you say they've helped you with your career? I don't. Um, I think I, I'm i a very independent person. And I think I, I knew what I wanted to do. And I came out of the gate. I raised myself up. But now, now that I am in this community, my sister's 
are huge inspirations and support. And I think we all help build each other up. You've talked about how you've always had an interest in poetry, uh, writing poems throughout your life. Yes. Who do you read nowadays and who are your poetic influences? <laughs> this is embarrassing because I honestly barely read anymore <laughs> because it's such a hassle on the train. <laughs> the, okay, so... This is going to sound so corny. I read like every single Kurt Vonnegut book that there is because I loved his writing. I love like a cheesy sci-fi narrative that's also like a little bit romantic or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I can't find it. I couldn't pick up anything else that really inspired me. So I kind of just, I don't really read. I'm one of those terrible New Yorkers who doesn't read. In terms of poetry... I think I've always looked more to songwriting. You've described <laughs> uh, early 2000s pop culture as one of your biggest inspirations. Yes. What early 2000s pop culture phenomenon were you most obsessed with at the time? What are you most obsessed with from that time now? It's always been Paris Hilton for me. I This celebrity heiress, you know, she was just like a rich person's daughter and she was like you know what i'm gonna turn that into a career and i was like you are brilliant and of course the simple life um completely iconic the all the real housewives i think started in the earlier 2000s or at least orange county did um not the best housewives but <laughs> what is um, the best housewives the best housewives is beverly hills you hear it you, you heard it you <laughs> you heard it here first but i mean the fashion like the hip hugger jeans the von dutch hats like just that like but everything also had sparkles mm-hmm. so it's like super corny but also super trashy but also super femme my super sweet 16 was huge for me uh yeah rich girls was that the one with um ali hill ali hilfiger that sounds familiar yeah yeah nowadays is there anything that kind of fills that void or tickles a similar itch um still paris hilton i follow her like entirely um I love her Instagram. She is DJing in Ibiza and... uh, Okay. (laughs) That's honestly what I want to do with my life. Um, She's a little bit older than me, so maybe in a couple of years I'll be able to just be a drag DJ (laughs) in Ibiza. And by drag DJ, I mean play my music. (laughs) Is she supposed to be any good as a DJ? Yeah, actually, yeah. She's, She's made quite a name for herself. Interesting. Yeah. And also the Real Housewives, of course, um, especially Beverly Hills, uh, Dorit's Fashions, Slay Me, um, Erica Jane. They're all pretty iconic. Were you ever a Kardashian skinny? No. Mm-mm. No. Why is that? Um, I was just like, I don't want to watch these people sitting around their house. I was bored. <laughs> I, I didn't find them interesting at all. I'm sorry to anyone listening who is completely obsessed with the Kardashians, but I really don't care, and I still don't care. How about Jersey Shore? Um, I thought Polly G was hot, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Jersey Shore just because I was like, ooh, he's trash, and I'm into it. <laughs> Fair. So you actually mentioned uh, your music a few times at this point, and you've released multiple, multiple songs as Crystal Mesh. Uh, was making music something you always had interest in, or did it only come up once you started 
doing drag? I've always had interest. Um, so when I was younger, I took piano lessons. I played in the band. I played trombone and tuba. Um, I played violin for a semester. I used to sing. I did musical theater. So music has always been something that I've really loved. I don't have the best singing voice. So I think drag is a great way through a persona to be okay with it because it's like i'm a badass bitch Mm -hmm. so you're gonna listen to my music (laughs) because i i I fulfilled a fantasy but yeah music has always been very important to me and i love producing i i think being able to sit down and create a melody um and a beat is really really nice i i definitely believe in um art therapy Mm -hmm. and music therapy yeah and I think, like, especially if I'm in a crappy mood, um, I can just sit down with my computer and make myself feel better and make something cool. Everything I was doing before I re-released Cabana, that was the that was when I started getting um, things produced by Matt Lawrence, and he basically I I'm bad at making like a good drum beat and like builds and stuff like that. He builds those things in for me. But all the melodies, the rhythms, that's all mine. For you, do you start with like rhythms and melodies and then the lyrics come or is it something? Honestly, sometimes the lyrics will inspire where I'm going. And sometimes I'll already have been working on something that I'll say, oh, these lyrics would work great with that. So they're, they, they live separately a little bit, but like... Once I have a song written and I have a clear idea for their song, um, I can figure out what the melody should be, and then I'll sit down and lay it down. But sometimes, if I'm just playing around, I'll have a melody built in, and I'll be like, oh, this little thing I've been scribbling down um, works with that. Yeah, Like Sexy Party, for example. I did not know that the track that is Sexy Party was going to be sexy party i just made it and then i was writing the song about a sexy party and i was like these could be cute together similarly do, do you ever think you'll release music not as crystal uh, probably but it would probably just be instrumental just like electronic moments yeah why the distinguish between those two i i'm, I'm not like I don't know. I'm not a natural singer. So it's like, I think if anything, I would publish poetry. Okay. And then I would make electronic music and not mesh the two together. Are there any life lessons uh, that doing drag has taught you that you don't think you would have learned anywhere else? I think the biggest life lesson I've learned is... It doesn't matter if something is perfect. What matters um, is that you're creating. If you're creating something and it's honest and it's genuine um, and you believe in it, people will believe in you. And then uh, at this point in your career, would you say that you've had your I've made it moment yet? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've... Made something. Mm-hmm. I've certainly made something. Um, I don't know if there's ever an I made it. Uh, uh. What What would constitute making it for you? 
making it for me would be being able to quit my day job, and that's when I'll have made it. Yeah. So before we started recording, we were talking about how you have an interest in being on Drag Race, as a lot of people do. Yeah. When did that start? Would you say that you had an interest in being on Drag Race before you started doing drag, or did it kind of come up while you were doing it? Uh, when I first started, I knew that it was an avenue to get out of the the mundane everyday life mm-hmm. that we all have to live if we're not artists. Yeah, you know. Um, so it was always there as an idea. Oh, I could do this, but then for a while, I was like. I don't want to do that. But now I'm like, but I do. (laughs) I don't know. I think, I hate to say that maybe the seasons have been a little uninspiring lately. I think, I think quite a few people would agree with that. Yeah. um, I, and I think that the uninspirational nature that I was seeing might have skewed my thoughts on doing it. But then I'm like, but wait, I'm amazing. Like, I could really, I think I would be fun on TV. I think I would be great entertainment, so. And there's also always Dracula if you decide no. to go scary. Mm-mm. I'm not a scary girl, no. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Fear Factor is not for me. That 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 is that is very fair, especially yeah. with, like, Vander winning. Yeah. Vander is the definition of scary. Yeah. And, so talented but so talented but yeah i i I don't necessarily think crystal when i think dragula i'm a funny girl and i'm a pretty girl i'm not a dirty or a gross or a scary girl at the same time like sharon won and she was kind of those things sharon is iconic (laughs) um no one will ever touch sharon needles um yeah (laughs) that's true though i think there's some people with this latest season that think that like evie kind of no no you wouldn't even you wouldn't even compare no can't compare i think okay sorry no that's that's fair that's fair (laughs) i I hope evie doesn't hear this evie i love you (laughs) we follow each other on instagram we've never met irl but you're great yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, th- I think at the end of the day, I doubt she would want to be compared to Sharon. They're so different. They're completely different. Yeah, I, I guess for some people, it's like the kind of like when they think like freak, they go to Sharon, and Evie to some extent is freak, though I think yeah. in different ways. People, I mean, they have to compare like the way that the brain works is that people want to compare you to somebody that's already done it before. Mm-hmm. That's just how people work. So Evie is Evie. Sharon and Sharon. Definitely. Mm. So on the topic of performing, I think one thing that ties all performers together, whether they're a comedian, a drag queen, a slam poet, whatever it is, is bombing. Mm. Mm. So on that topic, <laughs> what's the worst you've ever bombed if you have? And what did you take away from the experience? <laughs> oh, I've bombed many a times. Um, I think when I bomb, it's more my mental state. Um, so, like, there have been a couple times when I've committed to do, like, a specific song for a lip sync. And I didn't know all the words. And then, like, 
you drink more to overcompensate for knowing that you don't know all the words because you think that's going to help you fudge it. And then you're like, oh, and then you get in your, I, I don't know, I get in my head and then I get self-conscious. And then I think that ruins a performance because if you're in your head, people are watching you and they can tell that you're not in your body, you know, and that to me is when I feel like I've bombed. Um, I don't think I ever bomb when I get to have the microphone to myself and use my own voice. Um, I think I'm, that's where I'm most comfortable. So like a lip sync for me is always a little bit like, I don't know, I'm always a little trepidatious. Do you think you would have that same kind of fear? No, I can lip sync my own song because I would just do me, my little like bam, 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 you know? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm curious since you have your own music, like if if you, what could you bring to lip syncing your own song, if there is anything that you couldn't bring to just singing it? I mean, you're free to do more choreo, I guess, even though that's not my strong point. But like, I would be if I were to be lip syncing my own songs, it would force me to like dance more. Which would probably be a good thing. So what I've taken away from bombing is that I should just learn to dance and then no one's going to watch my mouth anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you've been in the drag scene for around three years now. Is that an accurate number? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Which to outsiders may either seem pretty pretty brief or a decent length. From your experience, are queens coming and going all the time, or do they tend to stick around? All the time coming and going. The crop of queens that came up about when I did, um, most of us are still around. But, like, there were a lot that started before us, like, that have phased out, like, in the Horachata and Mary Cherry, what, what would I say, like, class, in their class, mm-hmm. you know, like a few of them aren't performing anymore or um, have moved on to different like ventures. Cause like drag's hard. Yeah. Um, and I think even a lot of people that started after I did have already quit mm-hmm. because it's hard. And a lot of people don't want to put in the time. They don't want to put in two to three hours to get ready. Um, they don't want to like make mixes, make dresses. And it's also so expensive. Like you always have to be buying new stuff. You always have to be buying new looks, whether you're buying them or buying fabric to make them. Like you always need new jewelry. You always need new wigs. You always need to be presenting something that maybe you haven't given people before. And that I think is one of the most daunting parts about drag. So yeah, a lot of people quit because the payoff especially for local drag queens, is nowhere near as high as it should be. You mentioned being like part of a, a class of drag queens and coming up with the group. Who would you who would you say was your class? My class. Um, <laughs> well, all the Oops girls, of course. Oops, um, I'm sure you're familiar. Every Wednesday at the Rosemont. Mm-hmm. So um, the originals, Jack K. Kennedy, um, Harajuku, Magenta, West Dakota, mm-hmm. um, Baby Love. She's newer, but I'm obsessed with her. We're going to be working together. Um, she's on my next song that's coming out on Friday the 30th. Um, <clears throat> there's so many. It's so hard to name names. There's so many people that I consider like 
my fam, Queen Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, God, if any of y'all are listening and I'm not saying your name, I'm so sorry. What do you think separates the queens that have stuck around to those that have came and went? The queens that have stuck around can't not be queens. It's It's something that they have to do. It's something that is important for ourselves as well as the community. Um, and it's fulfilling. It's it's fun and it's stupid. And it's like, yeah, a lot of us are just grown-ass men like putting on these pretty dresses and like being sexy and cute, you know? And it's, I mean, obviously not everybody, but a lot of us is that (laughs) it's like you have to love doing it i'd say maybe a lot of people that quit just didn't find their niche um didn't have the spark the originality something new to offer so they weren't getting booked so they got discouraged and they threw in the towel you know from your experience are there any issues involving the drag community currently that you feel aren't being discussed enough Drag kings don't get booked enough. Mm-hmm. Queens of color don't get booked enough. That those are definitely the two main ones, in my opinion. How do you? How would you suggest overcoming these issues? I guess book these people. <laughs> like, give these people shows. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Especially in regards to drag kings, we had. Uh... Uh, Vigor Mortis. Who's on, amazing. Yes. On a, a few weeks ago, he was talking the same about, like, kind of how drag kings don't get the same respect as drag queens and just how, like, disheartening it can be. And it's a shame that all, like, media coverage for the most part of drag tends to be the queen side when there's so much more to drag than just queens. I'll tell you why I think that is. It's because men aren't supposed to feminize themselves. Yeah. Men aren't supposed to be feminine. Mm-hmm. You know? So for a drag king, well, not Vigor because Vigor is male, but for a drag king who is AFAB and identifies as female outside of drag, I just think that the world isn't as shocked by it. Mm-hmm. So with less shock value it comes, I don't know less attention mm-hmm. not to say it's not valid or not amazing what they do but i think it's just because men typically aren't supposed to run around in dresses mm-hmm. and women women don't get a lot of freedoms but i think freedom of expression in clothing hairstyle has always been something that they've been able to experiment more with and not be so like shunned by society that that makes sense, and I I haven't heard that one before, so it's it's an interesting perspective. That's probably right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the perspective nonetheless. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, I guess you've touched on this first part of the question, but I'll ask both parts anyways. So, what's your favorite part about doing drag? And what's your favorite part about the Brooklyn drag scene specifically? Uh, my favorite part about doing drag is being able to create something that people respond to. So I'm 
I'm having the time of my life sitting in my apartment, writing these songs, or sometimes they pop into my head on the train or at work. Sorry, job. (laughs) Um, And just being able to create these moments and these silly songs and throw these parties and have people come together and have a great time. It's brings me a lot of joy. Um, and then my favorite part about the Brooklyn drag scene is that it's very um, supportive. It's very, it's nowhere, it's that you hear a lot of competition um, happens with a lot of queens, especially in Manhattan, but like the Brooklyn girls are all sisters, you know, we're not trying to tear anyone down because um, there's room for all of us and everybody has something to give. So. Why do you think the Brooklyn scene has that perspective? I think, like the Hell's Kitchen drag scene, I think these are predominantly musical theater gays who have stage moms, you know, and they're, they are driven towards one thing, and they're going to do it, and they're going to do it right, mm-hmm. you know? So I think a lot of ego comes into play um, and a, a power struggles and like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be at the top of the call sheet, you know, like yeah. that kind of mentality. Whereas in Brooklyn, we're like, let's just make some stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a good time. Let's enjoy each other and what we all have to bring. And we're, I think they're performers. We're artists. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> I sound so elitist. This is terrible. You, you know, it, it, it's totally fine. You, you hear a, a lot of people from Brooklyn that we've spoken to give a perspective similar to that, and that there's just something very there's something about there's something special about New York in general. Yeah, but there's something even more particular about Brooklyn that seems so such a uniting force that constantly seeing. It's a great thing. Thank you. (laughs) I don't want to sound like a jerk. No, you aren't. (laughs) And with that, we'll let you talk about yourself a little bit more by plugging away. Where are the people? Where can the people see you, listen to you, follow you, find you, whatever you want them? Um, So you can follow me on Instagram at It's Crystal Mesh. Uh, You can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, I have two songs out now currently. One is called My Cabana. The other one is called Sexy Party. Um, And next Friday, August 30th, my third single is coming out called Poppers on the Dance Floor. Um, And my next performance will be next thursday the 29th at the rosemont um i throw a comedic drag competition called mix rose so i didn't do it this year but this um particular party is some of the um finalists from the competition last year giving shows so it'll just be funny and cute and exciting and of course i will be doing bushwig not sure which day yet but very excited 